Welcome to Be Happy and Mean It, a podcast dedicated to helping you be genuinely happy, healthy, and wealthy in your life and business. I'm your host, Roger Comstock. Okay, my friends. Well, I am super grateful to have uh, Dave Allred on the show today. Um, very, very impressive individual and someone that I just feel super grateful to know. Uh, he is just full of wisdom. Um, I'm excited to hear what he has to say today. Uh, Dave launched a highly successful 17-year career with Vivint, uh, the nation's largest smart home security company, where he served eight years as a regional vice president of sales, followed by three years with uh, the sister company, Vivint Solar where he's led over 100 sales teams across the country, contributing to both companies eventually going public uh, with multi-billion dollar valuations. Uh, Dave now consults several small to medium-sized high-growth businesses across the country, helping increase profitability and expand their businesses through executive business consulting. Dave also created his unique lifestyle design program, focused on living life fully with freedom and purpose. Dave first started investing in real estate 15 years ago and has since scaled his business into an impressive portfolio of multifamily and commercial real estate across the country. His extensive experience includes single family, multifamily, joint ventures, hard money lending, equity and debt sourcing, self-storage, senior housing, flips, land acquisition and entitlement, distressed acquisitions, inline retail, venture capital and syndications. At age 30, Dave committed to build a portfolio with ownership in 1,000 rental doors, uh, by age 40. Having executed this goal, he's now launched Axia Partners, a new real estate fund focused on creating wealth through recession-resilient passive income. His passion lies in helping inspire others to gain financial freedom through lifestyle investing, being a professional adventure, and living life all in. So once again, I can't uh, fully express how grateful I really am to have someone um, as successful, uh, kind, and uh, thoughtful um, as, as Dave Allred on the show today. And so I'm excited to get to know him a little bit better. Uh, Dave, welcome to the show, brother. Hey, thanks, Roger. Hey, my man. Let's rock and roll. Hey, you got it. Um, we'll try to keep the show to about uh, 45-ish minutes, I think. And uh, I've got several questions I just want to go over with you. Um, how would an individual uh, begin to design the lifestyle he or she wants? Got it. Well, again, thanks for having me on, man. Uh, 45 minutes. We'll check out to that. I get, we get going sometimes and uh, we get rolling here, but uh, lifestyle. So that's one thing that happened about personally is, you know, I started out my, my professional career working for a company called uh, Vivint Smart Home. And I worked there for 14 years and jumped over to Vivint Solar as well. And uh, during that, you know, it's definitely a difficult job. You're basically going out knocking doors, um, you know, cold contacting and selling, and I realized a long time ago that if I was going to be doing that hard of a job, make sure I had a really clear uh, intention or outcome that I was I was, I was working towards. And I, I, I you know, I worked after my first year, I, I became a manager and then a regional manager and a, a regional vice president. I started to do interviews with my employees, and I'd ask these. I call it a one-on-one performance interview, and we'd ask, Why "Are you here? What's your holy cause? What's your purpose? You know, what do you?" You know what's your what's your angle here? And I was really surprised to see a lot of people had no idea what they really really always have a knee jerk reaction like I want to be wealthy, I want a new car, I want a new house, you know. But when you when you dive into another layer or two, it gets really um, fuzzy and uh, ambiguous really fast. And so I, you know, part of it was for me personally wanting to get more clarity in my life, but it's also so I could be a better leader and help these individuals to have you know a, a clear purpose. And a clear, you know, motivation as to why they were doing this job, because, you know, the easier the, 
you know, the bigger the, the, the why, the easier the how, right? And so I, I made a personal goal about uh, 12 years ago to get crystal clear on my own personal uh, lifestyle design. And, you know, it started out as a very simple spreadsheet. It was just, uh, you know, a few goals that I had for my, in, in my life. And it's turned uh, a, a 10 chapter lifestyle design that I've created. And I've actually in family and, and you know, a, 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 a small uh, circle of, of friends, but I'm really proud of it, you know, and it's something that uh, I feel like a lot of people don't really are missing in life. And frequently say that it's crazy that, you know, I think we spend, most people spend more time planning out uh, annual vacation than they do planning out their actual life, which is pretty wild. So, um, so in terms of, of, of how do you begin, you know, designing your own lifestyle design, I want to spend the time just to get really clear on what it is you, you want. Um, you know, a, a challenge I have uh, is, you know, put out, you know, put on your calendar every day or at least once a, a month, an hour, and just block that time out to, to work on this. Um, I think a, a number two is make sure you have this written down. You've got to have, you know, your goals written in writing. Uh, you know, a mentor of mine early in life said that a goal that's not written down is a dream. And I've always kind of subscribed to that. And, you know, they say that simply writing down your goals, you have a 42% better chance of, of hitting the goal. Again, I don't know how they track that exactly, but um, but what I found is by having it in writing, it allows me to be accountable to myself, but it's also about motivation. I can see those incremental improvements and changes in, you know, when I can go back and look at what I wrote down last month or last year. Um, also, there's a book, and one of my favorite books, it's called How Will You Measure Your Life by Clayton Christensen. And it's a great book that I'd read, uh, you know, about maybe 12, 13 years ago, and it kind of got this process started for me. So there's a few things in terms of how to start, you know, the process. I love that. And that book's one of my very, very favorites. Uh, the late Clayton Christensen was one of the very best business minds. I think that, uh, this world has, has ever known. I think, uh, every business individual misses him for what he was able to contribute to the business world and for the authenticity he brought to the business world. I think he was someone that was very genuine in uh, his approach to business and other people's lives. He was very sincere and understood really how to be uh, happy, uh, really, truly happy. I, I also really enjoy that book because uh, there's a whole lot of, like you mentioned, uh, why backing his purpose in writing that book. You know, he talks a lot about investment bankers who spend hours and hours on Wall Street but lose their family lives. And he talks more about crafting, like you're saying, crafting, designing a lifestyle that is centered uh, and foundationally, you know, built on a, a why. And so I think that's super, super cool. Thank you so much for sharing that. Um, hey, 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 Roger, and on that note, um, so in terms of, you know, that's kind of how you get started here. But, you know, what I would challenge your, your listeners to do is actually get really, really detailed on this. And so, you know, as an example, what I've done is I've created 10 different chapters or, you know, sections in my life that are important to me. And so, uh, you know, I have my, my mission statement. So chapter one is my mission statement. Um, and then number two is <clears throat> it's my health and then it's my family and then it's my time. It's finances, business experiences, spiritual relationships and memories. Like those are 10 areas that I feel like are, I want to be great at all of those but I at least want to be proficient and, and, and know that I'm paying attention to each one of those aspects. I think that a lot of times, especially in business, people get really, really hyper-focused on one thing, like making money or, 
um, even health, like getting in really good shape, but they neglect other aspects of their lives. And, you know, I just want to live my life where at the end of the day, I look back and I have no regrets. And, you know, there's some, we probably all have seen these, these reports where they interview people on their deathbed and it's like, okay, what do you regret the most? And it's always about how they spent their time. And, and, uh, you know, they, they wish they would have spent more time with their family, not work as much. They prioritize things differently. And so I would just rather address that now, you know, my thirties and forties than at the end of my life. And so that was kind of an inspiration for me. And, and, um, you know, and so, but the, the, <clears throat> you'll hear me talk a lot about reverse engineering. And so the key is getting super clear on what you really want in your life. And then it's actually a really simple process. You say, okay, you know, I want this and I'm willing to pay the price to get it. So what do I need to do on a, on an annual basis, a monthly basis, a, a daily basis down to a granular level to make sure my habits and, you know, my priorities are aligned with the ultimate outcome that I really want in my life. And so, you know, chapter one for me is the end goal in my purpose statement. And so I have an entire paragraph of what, you know, what my mission statement is for my, fa my, my family, my life. Um, then I have, you know, 10 guiding principles, uh, 10 core values, five non-negotiables. You know, people always talk about what they want to, they're going to do, but rarely do we say, okay, I'm not willing to do this in my life. I think it's really powerful. Um, and then also, this is an idea I got from, um, from Clayton Christensen in that book, How We Measure Your Life. But I wrote my own eulogy and, you know, it's kind of funny. I wrote it in a, in a, in a note in my phone and then I sent it to my wife without telling her why I was sending that to her. And she got, I think she's pretty worried about that. Like, why the hell are you sending me it? All right. But, uh, you know, it's a really powerful exercise to be able to really get deep on what, you know, what you want people to say about your legacy, your neighbors, your family, your friends. What do you, what do you want to be remembered for? And so I, you know, so I think that, so that's chapter one, because it's all about, you know, the ultimate outcome and then you reverse engineer the rest of your life based on that. I, I love that. And I love the idea of a eulogy. Um, Stephen R. Covey also talks about writing a eulogy. Um, and, and I think what it gives us is, well, what he says is beginning with the end in mind and getting really clear, like you said, I believe is super, super important. There's a lot of people that set goals. You know, they say, hey, I want this. And they think that's kind of the end of the story. But to your point, I think it requires a lot of action and uh, really narr narrowing down um, what that goal looks like on, like you said, an annual basis, uh, you know, a monthly basis, weekly basis, daily basis, hourly basis in order to hit those goals. I, I have a similar um, pattern that you follow. Mine's just a tiny bit different. I actually want to take some of the methods that you've just explained and put them into my own practices. Um, if, if you guys don't follow Dave Allred, uh, you need to take the time right now to do it. This guy is the real deal. He's as good as they come. And the advice that he's sharing with us today is very, very meaningful. It'll make a huge difference in your life. But um, what I was saying, what I currently do in my journal is I write down um, the, the things that uh, my, my, I write down five affirmations. Um, and they're things that I continually have going through my mind. I also have my screensaver on my phone. And then I write down the things that I'm grateful for. And that kind of seems like it opens my mind up to inspiration. You know, I write down the things that I feel like I need to be working on and changing. And that's made a huge difference in my life. Um, but I love your suggestion of getting more granular with everything. And, uh, I think that makes a huge, huge difference. Hey, and Roger, if any of your listeners, if that really resonates with them and they want to get a copy of, of my, of my lifestyle design, I'm happy to share that with them. I have a template. I've taken out some of the, like, the really personal stuff and, uh, you know, and it's nothing really spec, you know, it gets a spreadsheet and it's got, 
but uh, anyway, I'm happy to share that. If anybody wants to send me a DM, um, probably easiest is on social media, uh, Instagram, Facebook, whatever. It's just Dave Allred, A-L-L-R-E-D. Send me a DM, happy to share that. Super cool. Thank you so much, man. That's stellar. Um, one of the things I, I love about Dave uh, is he is a, he's a family man. Uh, he's married. He's got four kids. And the question I want to ask uh, to Dave is uh, in re relationship to being a, a father, I want to ask how important is it for children to understand finance and uh, what parent and, and what can parents do to help their children prepare to be financially free? That's a fun question because for me growing up, we never talked about um, money, finances. I can't remember one single conversation on yeah, investing, money management, and, and really even business. And, um, you know, I don't fault my parents for that. I think it's just something maybe they didn't really feel, you know, competent or comfortable discussing that. And, uh, you know, but the, the real travesty is, is in the public school system, uh, there's not really any formal education about money management, which is crazy to me. Think about it. Oh, even, it's even, if, yeah. even if you're going into finance, like, you know, they'll teach you about corporate and business finance, but, you know, there's very, very little um, taught about being a responsible steward or, you know, how to manage money and how to make money matter. And um, so, which by the way, not to get political, I think that's actually by design. And uh, I think that's actually, but we, we won't go into that on this podcast. Um, and so we'll talk about another time though, cause I agree with you. We'll have to chat about it, brother. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, it's, it's at the end of the day, you know, um, financial freedom creates independence. It creates more freedom and and uh, I think our society is more based on cat on uh, consumerism and, um, you know, and, and basically debt is enslavement, right? It, it's a, uh, it's a burden. It takes away from our, our personal freedoms. So, um, so what I, what, you know, so I made a goal a long time ago. I really want to help teach my children how to, how to, how to invest and how to make money work for them. And so, you know, it's just conversations. Uh, you know, if, if my kids walked in right now and, and I asked them, Hey guys, you know, I said, Hey, um, you know, what's, what's, what's the best type of income? every one of them would say passive income. Like they know, they know that, um, they, they all have goals to invest in real estate. I'm a big investor in real estate. I'm very passionate about it. It's my, my main career right now. And, uh, so, you know, they'll have goals. So my son is nine years old. His goal is to have his first uh, investment property by age 12. Uh, my daughter is going to pay for her first vehicle with her first rental property. And so she's actively working now to get enough money to be able to J and if she can't afford to buy her own uh, property on her own, I'll, I will JV or joint venture with her and I'll let her come in on my next real estate deal. And she'll have a pro rata ownership in the, uh, the property. And then also get a pro rata owner, uh, distribution of the cash flow, right? And the profits. And so a uh, really fun way to teach them how to make money work, in, in, you know, and how to invest responsibly. Um, you know, even to get, go a little more detail there. Um, you know, I have an employment agreement for every one of my children, age six through 15, and I'll share this as a best practice. If any of you know, your listeners have kids. Um, and so I have an actual formal employment agreement between my, one of my businesses with my children, with all the responsibilities. And I pay them very well, you know, between five to $20 an hour, which is pretty healthy, but, um, 60% of those wages has to be set aside for real estate investing or education. 30% is discretionary and 10% is giving back. And so what that does is that, you know, they're actually working for the money, but I'm paying them very well. And, and by the way, it's also a tax deduction because it's a business expense or helping my businesses. And if, an, you know, an employee is receiving less than 12,000 and something a year, then it's actually tax deductible. So it's a tax deduct deduction on both sides. I'm not a CPA, can't give tax advice, but that's just a, a doctor CPA about that. But that's a really uh, interesting way to be able to 
um, in a tax efficient manner, pay your children's employees, but then they're also creating value for you and your business while they're really learning. They're the ultimate recipient of the value um, in that, in that uh, relationship. And so really excited about that. Um, you know, and on that note, <clears throat> uh, instead of, you know, doing a 529 education plan for my children, uh, our goal is to have a fourplex for each child. And then that fourplex will pay for their tuition and uh, eventually could even live in it if they needed to, if there's their first home. But it's just a little bit outside the box way of looking at things. Again, it goes back to intentionality. I want my children to be proficient, to understand finances, and to be able to go out and make a big difference in the world and to have a high quality of life. And we've got to understand how to use you know, money and how, how, to, how to invest in a smart manner. Um, what, what, one more thing I maybe just share real quick. Please, is, please, man. This is incredible. Is um, one thing that I'm really excited about right now in my, my family life is we, uh, I've always wanted to, you know, make sure my children understand the value of giving back. And, uh, you know, I, I found in my career that the more I give back, then, you know, it's actually selfish of me because the more I give, the, more, the better I feel, and, you know, he that giveth receiveth the most. And I, I, I and so I really want to sell it my children as well. And so one thing that we've done recently is we launched a family foundation. It's actually really a simple process to do so. Um, you can do a, a DAP. It's a donor advised fund. There's really no setup costs for it. And so each one of my ch children are on the board of, of directors, even my six-year-old. And they've each chosen out their own charitable foundation that they want to support. Um, and so they're buying into it. They own it. Um, you know, one of my, my kids wants to support single mothers. The other, my son wants to help the wounded warrior project. My other daughter, uh, she loves, you know, dog, my sister loves dogs. So she's going to help the local dog pound. My other daughter, um, really wants to, she loves hippopotamuses. So she found a hippopotamus protection foundation. So she's going to help support that. And, and, uh, so, you know, my wife's going to help the under, underground railroad and I'm going to, my dad has um, Parkinson's disease. And so I'm going to help uh, uh, a Parkinson's foundation. So they're all things that we've personally have chosen to, to, to donate to. Um, and, you know, there's a lot of tax benefits there as well, but it's just a really cool way to have them own the process and be able to, yeah, create a real impact uh, giving back. So just want to share that as well. Oh, that is absolutely stellar, man. I, I appreciate you being on here so much. This has been just great uh, information, really, really great advice for the people that are listening. So thank you very, very much. I want to ask you really quick, what, what role has delayed gratification played in your personal road to success? Uh, I, I know how important it is. Um, and so I'm, I'm excited to hear your, your own experience with it. Delayed gratification is a, an interesting concept. Uh, I think it's something that, well, to answer your question, it's been a huge impact for me. And I, I, I'm grateful to have understood that principle earlier in my career. I, I do, I, I am worried about the younger generations. Um, I feel like we live now in a society of, of instant gratification, right? We want the immediate result. They want the dopamine hit. They want to see it now. Um, but, but I really believe that delayed gratification is, is the key to long-term success. And frankly, even to happiness, because, you know, the more you pay, the, the, the more you, you have to pay for something, the more you appreciate it. And, you, know, you call it the law of the harvest. You know, we reap what we sow, but it takes time. You've got to plant the seeds. You've got to fertilize it. You've got to, you know, the water it and, and put a lot of work into that before you get your harvest. And so, you know, one of our, our 10, you know, we, we created a, a set of 10 guiding principles for my family, for the all red family, uh, posted up all around the house, uh, each of the kids' bedrooms and whatnot. So it's just 10 things that we all, you know, that what we stand for. And, 
one of those is delayed gratification. It was that important to me to actually put it in my family's guiding principles. Wow. Uh, you know, I, I think that I look back at my career, <clears throat> my first year knocking doors for Vivint Smart Home was out in Chicago. And, um, you know, I'd always been pretty successful at whatever I'd set myself out to, you know, commit myself to. And that first week, man, it was such a hard thing. And then that first month was still so, I mean, I, we don't have time to go through the details, but dude, I, I, I fell on my face. I, 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 it was so hard. And uh, I thought about quitting every hour on the out, like multiple times throughout the day. And it was, you know, but, but luckily I, 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 I understood the concept that, Hey, I'm, I'm becoming better through the struggle and, you know, I'm, I'm learning life skills. If I quit, it's only going to compound the failure. And I was able to understand that, Hey, this is, I'm paying the price, you know, you know, iron sharpens iron and I'll be, I'll come out of this as a stronger person if I don't quit. And luckily, you know, and I was right on the brink about even midway through the summer of quitting, I made it, you know, I, I made the commitment to stay and stuck it out finished really strong, you know, made 30 grand, which for me back then was like life changing. Like that was like, you know, college student came back, was able to buy an Isuzu rodeo with the chrome <laughs> rims. And, and I was like, you know, rolling around snow college, you know, I thought I was like, it was awesome. But, uh, uh, and, and so, you know, and then that led to being a coming manager the next year and then a regional manager, regional vice president, and then basically a 17 year career, you know, with these two companies, it became billion dollar companies and, and life changing, you know, income and, and, and opportunities. And so, but, you know, it, 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 I really kind of go back and if I wouldn't have understood the power of delayed gratification, um, where my, you know, and hadn't stuck it out and, 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 and if I'd quit, where would it, that, where would I be today? It's a really interesting, you know, kind of thought process to walk back through. Uh, same thing in my, 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 my investment, uh, rental property investment career. My first rental property was a fourplex up in Murray, Utah. And uh, I, I did everything wrong you could have possibly done on that deal. I uh, don't have time to go through all the details on it, but literally everything you shouldn't do in a real estate transaction, I, I basically did that. Learned every lesson possible. Um, but I had the, you know, the, you know, the, the delay I understood that, Hey, I learned from that, but I'm not going to give up on it. I learned, let's keep going on this. And so anyway, I think that's uh it's huge. And I, I would challenge, you know, especially as parents to, to try to instill in our children, the power of delayed gratification. I, uh, I really, really love that principle, man. And thanks so much for those, uh, those stories, man. They really help paint the picture super, super well. I love the idea of, you know, when things get challenging when they're hard, being willing to push past those hard things in order to experience the upside. Um, I, I, there's a great book. You've probably read it. Shoe Dog uh, by Phil Knight. Really, really great book. Um, you see this individual that's just grinding for years and years, the founder of Nike. And, uh, you know, at the end of the book, he's experienced all this upside, right? He's now the, he's now, I think he's worth $10 billion at that point, the end of the book. But uh, he was really willing to keep pushing past the things that were hard, delaying the gratification. And that's really where his character was forged and he became who he was um, and somebody that other people wanted to follow um, because he was able to develop those character traits uh, that, that uh, delayed gratification produced. So really, really cool. Um, let me ask you this. Uh, what ways have you found helpful um, to get comfortable being uncomfortable? Kind of along the same line as the last question. How are you able to, to get comfortable being uncomfortable? I would say I probably learned that by having to go knock doors, right? I mean, again, that's a pretty uncomfortable job to begin with. Um, and, and prior to that, serving a you know two-year service mission in, in Peru, 
uh, you know, you, you definitely have a lot of uncomfort with the process when you're, especially when it's all new to you. And so, uh, you know, what, I, I've just always subscribed to the mindset that I want to live my life on the edge of the comfort zone, because I feel like at the edge of the comfort zone is where we have personal development. And so I, I know a lot of people would probably listen to this and be like, dude, that's crazy. Why would you, why would you want to try to make your life more challenging and add hardship to your life? But I, you know, I, I, my, kind of my motto in life is if it scares you, you, it probably means you should do it. And, and I've kind of done that throughout my life, you know, um, climbing Mount Everest, uh, you know, skydiving eight times, um, you know, just always kind of pushing the limits of whatever uh, scares me. And, and I feel like by doing that now, I feel there's very, very few things in my life that I'm scared of. And uh, well, it, to take that even a step further, there's really just three things I'm scared of in my life right now. And one is open water swimming. I'm a terrible swimmer. I've done competitive swimming events and I, it's, it's, it's by far my hardest thing. And so, you know, I, uh, I'm working on that right now. Um, number two is like stand-up comedy. I've always, it's always scared me and to, you know, getting in front of public and, 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 and trying to deliver jokes. I'm not, I'm not a funny guy. I'm not, man. I'm like, it's not a skill set of mine. And so, you know, I've committed this year in 2021, I'll stand up and I'm going to go do a stand-up comedy show. And I actually have a little book right here. And every morning at 7:45, I spend five minutes. I write down a joke to try to like become a better joke writer and dude, they're, they, they still suck, honestly. Dude, but, what, you got to tell me where you're performing, dude. I will be, uh, after your family, I'll be your number one fan, dude. I'll be there. That's amazing. I, I was worried you were going to say, hey, dude, you got to share one of your best jokes right now. <laughs> right now. <laughs> dude, I don't I don't have them, man. I'm just excited to, uh, after you, you perfect the craft, dude, I will be there wherever it's at. Cool. I appreciate the support, man. And so, you know, just doing whatever you're kind of, you know, the, the third thing I always joke is like, the, you know, the third thing I'm scared of is I've got these three beautiful girls and like them dating as teenagers like that. Just, I don't know, man, that's, I don't know how to handle that one, but, uh, but you know, whatever it is that, uh, you're, you know, you're worried in your life, you just do it, you know, and then you're not gonna be scared of doing it anymore. And so, uh, you know, last thing maybe I'll share there is, um, you know, I, I believe that it, we're either growing or we're dying and, you know, it's a pretty simple concept, but think about it, even in nature, like, there's nothing that's just stagnant. It's either growing or it's dying. It's a law. It's like a law of the universe. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's, 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 it's a truth, right? So in my life, I want to, you know, I hope that when I'm seven years old and 80, 90, 105 years old, that somehow I'm still, I'm still pushing myself. And I'm still growing because to me, the, the scariest thing in life is to when I get to a point where I'm no longer growing and I've, I've let off the gas and I'm just, I'm coasting, which really means that I'm, I'm dying. Right. Right. So, um, that's, that's what I'd say about, you know, really just always trying to be a little bit uncomfortable in your life. I think is actually a healthy thing. What, uh, what incredible advice, man. I loved uh, the quote that you shared. I I'll probably write it down and, uh, look at it every day just for personal inspiration. He said, he said, if, if it scares you, you should probably do it. I think that's, that's, what keeps most people from accomplishing their goals um, and their dreams is they, you know, they'll get a light bulb about something. They'll think, man, this seems like a really, really good idea. And they'll go back to doing what they were doing before. And they won't act on it usually because it requires some sort of effort or it's scary. Some sort of, you know, risk is involved big or small and it uh, inhibits them from accomplishing their potential. And so I love that quote. Um, if it, if it scares you, you should probably do it. Uh, like you, um, I, I've had the same experience in, in my life and starting the companies that I've started, I was scared to death. Felt like I was going to throw up, wanted to cry. I did cry. I mean, it is a nerve wracking experience and being willing to take the jump, 
you, you start to learn in life that things somehow um, just work out, uh, especially when your focus is on other people. Um, I found that it's kind of a paradox. It really is uh, the paradox of life that when we're focused more on creating value for individuals that we're serving um, and helping other people, the more money comes, right? And it, it seems to just flow that way. Um, please, man. Yeah, yeah. I, I'd share, you know, my all-time favorite quote out of all the quotes that I've got memorized is Zig Ziglar. And he says, you can have everything you want in life if you have, help enough other people get what they want. And I've, I've tried to model my, my leadership career around that. And, you know, it's, uh, it's all about adding value. Uh, you know, it, it, it always comes full circle. We call it karma, call it, call it whatever. In fact, we just launched a, you know, a real estate fund. It's a, it's a, a national, you know, it's a recession resilient passive income real estate fund a few months ago. And we named the fund Axia, the Axia fund. And Axia means value add in Greek. And so we're that committed to, you know, in our, our investment thesis is not only, you know, getting a great return investment for our investors, but it's also to make sure we're adding value for our partners. And we do that with education. We do monthly webinars. We, you know, we, 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 we pull back the curtains and show our partners exactly how we do what we do and how to do real estate on a high, at, at the highest level. And so again, just value add. I don't know if any other real estate fund where they do that, where they're so focused on creating value not just monetarily, but also in the experience and with our partners. And so, you know, I look back at my career, even 17 years at, at, with, with, you know, my company with Vivint, great, all that thing, but all that, but what's really the fulfillment comes from the value, being able to create and helping, you know, you know teaching them and being able to, that, that ripple effect and that trickle down effect of the value, them create more value for other people. And it continues to trickle, you know, kind of downstream. Love it, man. Oh, dude. I, I love that brother. Uh, Brian Tracy and Zig Ziglar are, uh, inspiring individuals. I wish, I wish Zig Ziglar was still around. Uh, that guy was, uh, incredible. He's also a, a, uh, somebody I look up to big time, man. Love that quote. Um, I want to ask you, I know, uh, I told you we'd, we'd keep it at 45. We may go just a little bit over. I'm really, really enjoying, uh, hearing what you have to share. And so I may ask you just a couple extra questions here. But uh, I wanted to ask you about your morning routine. Uh, can you help us understand kind of what your your schedule looks like in the mornings that uh, perhaps you can get you ready for your your day? So I've always believed that if you win the morning, you win the day. And you know, maybe not every single day, but on average, majority of the time you're going to win your day if you win the morning. And so I've spent a lot of time over the years trying to perfect my own personal morning routine, and so. I'll share what I do personally, and then you can model it however you want to. But for me personally, it's 6 a.m. Uh, I'm in my home gym by 6.15 with my wife and work till, till 7 a.m. Uh, on the weekends, it's a family workout with all my kids. Um, but So at 7 o'clock, I'm done with that. And then it's uh, taking a, a cold shower. So two minutes is possibly get the water. And then from there, it's uh, I do intermittent fasting, so no breakfast. I uh, jump in the office. I'll read for 20 minutes. Um, I'll, I'll spend five minutes, uh, five minutes of prayer meditation. And then I'll spend 10 minutes called uh, power planning. So just for the day. So I'll go through my priorities, my appointments, and just make sure I have all my prayer in for that day. And then from there, I'll jump into the day. And so that goes until 8, 8 a.m. <clears throat> so it's two hours in the morning. And a lot of people be like, dude, that's a long time, two hours in the morning. But I would, I would challenge, you know, uh, you know, 
the sharper you can come out of that to go attack the rest of the day in a positive mindset, you know, focus, dial, you need to be working on. I feel like I'm way more effective and productive because I invest than if I were to jump up and start checking my social media and my emails and everything else. And by the way, I don't check my email or social media until after I've completed all of that. Uh, and so my phone's usually turn on till uh, 8 a.m. And then I'll jump into the day. So that's something everybody can be there for. But the key is consistency. You know, I, I believe to go do something or have New Year's goals, but at the end of the day, what really moves is habits. And so, you know, I just challenge, you know, the, the way to change in our lives is, is through our habits. And so if you can commit to good habits in the morning, set yourself up for success. Dude, that's uh that's incredible. And that, that requires some discipline. Um, and I feel like discipline is also something that is, uh, like you said, delayed gratification also requires a large amount of discipline um, in our lives. And uh, when people can create, there's a, a good book, you probably read it, Atomic Habits. Um, the, the idea of getting into these, um, these habits that can be challenging, right, to create. Yes, that book right there, dude, James Clear. That, uh, that's a game changer. If any... <laughs> Oh, dude, it's so good, right? It's so good because it's the little things that make such a big difference um, in our lives. And so being willing to hop out of bed, even if your body doesn't want to, you know, six o'clock um, comes around, the alarm clock goes off, just being willing to be committed to something, be disciplined and do what you had committed to do. Uh, get get your mind in the right place. Because um, if once, you, like you said, if you've won the morning, you can win any other part of the day too. If something challenging comes up in the day, you've already you've already conquered the most challenging part, uh, your body and your mind. And so you can, you can do whatever you, 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 uh, have in your mind to, to accomplish, which is wonderful, brother. Um, thank you so much. I, I wanted to ask, uh, in your own life, you'd ref, you'd referenced, uh, Clayton Christensen earlier. How would you define happiness, right? In, in your life, you've experienced a, a large amount of success You've, you've got a family and you've seemed to be able to manage your time really well. So how would you define happiness? Um, and then how do you, you measure it? Yeah, great question. So I would say I define happy, which that's a really important, I think very few people have, have, have thought about, I would say I define happiness by, uh, I'm the most happy in my life when I have forward progress and I'm making progress towards the best version of myself. And, and so that's really it. You know, it's not about how much money or my net worth. In fact, like on the money side of it, you know, I, I, I made my, I became a millionaire at age 26 and that was fun. It was an accomplishment. You know, I celebrated for a little while, you know, like, okay, well, I want to make, I want to be a 3 millionaire by age 30 and, you know, hit that, I want to be a, you know, a 10 millionaire by this age. And then, you know, by 40, this, and, and those were fun, but frankly, that doesn't make you happier per se. When I'm the most happy in my life is when I feel like I'm making and I'm becoming a better version of myself. You know, when I, when I look at, when I look at was probably what I was doing, but then when I was 30, you know, I'm like, when I was 30, like I could have been doing so much more and I'm 40 today. And, you know, I look back when I was 30, 30, but I could have been doing so much more. Right. And now, so I hope when I'm a hundred years old, I look back at my dude, I, I should have been thinking way bigger. And I, I just feel like I've, I'm the happiest in my life. I'm making progression. Uh, on a personal personal level, and when and, and and when I'm aligned with what I with what's really important to me, right? So those ten sections of my life, when I feel like I'm at least 
you know, pulling my weight and I'm being competent in each one of those different categories. I feel like that's when I'm, I'm probably the happiest personally. I really like that. There seems to be a, a real balance in people's lives that are genuinely sincerely happy, right? Money, money definitely provides freedom. It, it provides the ability to be able to give back and to help other people, uh, to do fun things, to create memories with your family, but it is definitely not the source of happiness. I think fulfillment really comes in setting goals, finding meaning and purpose in our lives and what we're accomplishing every single day, you know, setting out to do something and then actually doing it. Um, and then helping other people along their own journey, right? To accomplishing their goals. I feel like that's that's been one of the main sources of bringing me so much happiness is watching another person say, hey, I really, really want to do this. And then being there with them uh, to watch them uh, hit those goals. And it sounds like you've, you've had that experience. I don't have kids yet, but I'm really, really looking forward to it. And it sounds like that's what you're providing for each of your children. I loved listening to what you're currently doing with your kids. I couldn't wipe the smile off my face uh, when you were telling me about that experience. It's uh, it's really, really cool, Dave. I think that's, that's amazing, man. So your family is just lucky to have somebody that they can look up to that has their priorities straight, right? Um, I mean, one more time, referencing that book, uh, How You Measure Your Life, it, it seems like you've really been able to internalize those principles, right? And so I think that's that's interesting. And I, I would I would say that application is probably one of the main, uh, I mean, that is, that is a really, really important piece of finding success too. You can listen to all kinds of things. You could read as many books as you want, but if you're not willing to take what's being learned or read and apply it in your life, then it's, it, the rubber's not going to hit the road. So, man, this has been, this has been stellar, brother. Um, do you have time for one more question? Yeah, absolutely. Let's go. I love it, man. Um, so obviously, yeah, you found, you found a lot of success, uh, from, from a young age. Sounds like that was uh, the catalyst for that was, was working, um, with successful companies like Vivint and Vivint Solar. And so let's just say now, um, you could go back, um, hopped in a time machine and you go back to your 20 year old self. What would you, what would you tell, what would you tell him? Um, that's easy for me. I, I would say think bigger and get rid of the limiting beliefs and take more risks. Like that's, you know, again, I look back when I was 20 and I'm proud of what I was doing, but I could have been doing a lot. And the only thing limiting was, was my own personal confidence, my belief system and all this uh, limiting belief systems that stories I was telling myself, limiting belief stories. Um, you know, as a quick example there, you know, when I was 30 years, I said, okay, <clears throat> when I turned 30, I said, okay, I want to have true financial freedom by age 40. And I reverse engineered how many rental properties I would need to have to have true financial freedom, which basically has recurring revenue to pay for your family's cost of living. Right. And so it was having 40s. And so at age 30, I'm like, okay, I can do this. And, you know, at the time I had like one or a few and it was like a hairy audacious goal for me. But I reverse engineered it, started tracking it every single month. And I was able to hit that goal when I was 36 years old. And, and then I was like, okay, all right, that was cool. Got my 40 rental properties. What's next? And uh, the next hairy audacious goal was, okay, I want to have an ownership in a thousand rental properties by age 40. You know, I think our goals should always be big enough where, the, where they scare us a little, where, where emotion. And that was for me, I was like, okay, I figured this out a little bit. I know the game. I have some confidence, some confidence and competence here. And so I wrote that down, committed to it, reverse engineered the process and 
uh, you know, I was able to hit that when I was, uh, when I turned four, uh, 40 and in two months, but, uh, you know, that's something that it, it, again, it's it just thinking bigger. And I think that's something we all struggle with. Um, and, but that's what my advice would be to my back time. I, I uh, really, really appreciate that. For, for anybody who wants the reference to BHAGs and setting these goals that are a little bit scary, uh, big, hairy, audacious goals, it's Jim Collins uh, who had originally kind of coined that phrase. And man, those things are helpful. And obviously, uh, Dave has become the master, um, you know, at setting these kinds of goals and then, and then hitting them, you know, and it sounds like he set them and hit them again and again and again in his life. And, uh, he's someone that again, you'll want to follow. He's, he's a great person to, um, look up to great person to, uh, learn from. So this has been, been great. Uh, once again, just to reiterate what his advice would be to his 20 year old self, it would be to think bigger, right. To eliminate limiting beliefs. Um, and so I think that's, uh, that's just stellar advice, my friend. I'm, uh, please. One more thing to add on to that. I was, uh, some of the listeners might know who Andy for, uh, Oh yeah. I was at, uh, Andy Purcell's, uh, home in Missouri and we were in his office and 20 of the same books on the shelves. And I asked him what it was and, and it's called, uh, the man thinking big. And he gave me, I'd never heard of it. And he gave me a copy of that. And uh, it's actually now out three books I've ever read. And so uh, it's called The Magic of Thinking Big. And uh, so I'd maybe recommend that along these same lines. I love, love, love that book. I would also recommend it to anybody listening. That's one of my all-time favorites. Uh, so yeah, if you haven't read that book, to those that are listening to this uh, podcast, yeah, pick pick that one up. It's a, it's a life changer. Um, that's for sure. Well, I just want to express my deepest gratitude of having uh, Dave Allred on the show today. I will be just forever grateful for the opportunity to know this uh, good individual. He's got a heart of gold and uh, really has has found a great deal of success and is now sharing with other people how to uh, how to experience the same thing in their lives. What where where can people uh, find you, Dave, if they want to follow you? Um, yeah, just social media, probably the easiest. Dave Allred should be pretty easy to find. Um, also, Axia with our uh, with the real estate fund, it's Axia A X I A axiapartners.com uh email is dave at axiapartners.com um but yeah feel free to reach out love to happy to share that lifestyle design with any of your listeners and uh yeah roger i'm excited to uh, appreciate having me on the on, on on here i was gonna ask you one question real quick uh of course brother what 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 is your why what you do what you do uh i i am grateful you asked that question my why has always been and will always be people i uh I find so much fulfillment in uh, watching people succeed. And so for me, like, uh, excuse me, and it gets me choked up even talking about it too. I got to take it easy, but it's it's the best thing, man. It's why I started businesses. Um, It's why I want to have a a family. I mean, it is is, uh, the reason for um, anything and everything I do. Um, I think money's great, but I think it's really for just, uh, yeah, creating memories, doing good things with, helping other people. you know, building relationships. I, I think uh, all of those things are are really, really good. And so I, I really appreciated everything that you shared because it resonates, you know, really, really well. Um, uh, it's, it's cool. You talked about giving back and in a small way. I mean, we can give back in, uh, I won't share anything extravagant here, but just a very small experience, right? As, as far as the why goes, I, me and my sweetheart were at a restaurant the other night and uh, 
this was super, super small, but we just decided to give this waitress a hundred dollar tip. Um, just, she seemed like she might need it. Uh, so we gave her a hundred dollar tip. We, we left and, uh, you know, as we were leaving, she put her hand over her mouth and just, uh, was so grateful. You know, she had three kids. It meant the world to her just to get, to get a hundred bucks, you know? And so, um, that's just a, on a very small scale, we see what we have the ability to, to do for other people. And it makes us want to, uh, be comfortable getting uncomfortable, right? It makes us want to do the hard things for other people. Um, and it makes it so, what I love so much about having a why and a why that's meaningful is it, it makes it so it doesn't matter how hard it gets, right? Like it, things could be hellishly hard and, uh, it, it doesn't really matter to me how hard it gets. I can push past anything because my why is the people that I love. Um, so it's, it's awesome, dude. Business is awesome. People are awesome. And so, uh, it's a, it's a nice, it's, it's a nice lifestyle. Like you said, it's good. Yeah. No, that and those right now. And, uh, Roger's actually teared up. He's like, I don't know if you guys can't see it. <laughs> He's all teared up. I love it, man. Uh, but yeah, you know, those, those hundred dollar dinner clubs, I've done, a few, I've done that a few times now and it was an incredible experience. I'm seeing the responses there and we actually are doing a thousand dollar dinner, uh, this club, this Monday to, to join us. Uh, it's on my social media. It's on our story right now, actually. Um, but yeah, no, I think that's awesome, man. You know what your why is tip of your tongue. You know, for me, it's my, my why is I want to provide a great quality life for my kids, superhero, give them the opportunities to, you know, have the doors of life of opportunity open up for them. You know, I want to help 10 million people, uh, with creating real direct value for them. Uh, I want to help create 1000 millionaires and I really just want to live life fully, you know, adventure and, and, and be able to, you know, just really experience and enjoy all that this life has and, uh, and add value along the way. Roger, man, you're stud. I really appreciate you having you out, having me on here, man. This has been really fun. Oh, dude, you are uh, you're an inspiration, man. Thank you so much for sharing that. You're changing the world, dude. You're making a dent in people's lives for good. So thanks for being on here, Dave. Uh, yeah, grateful uh, to have everybody listening, and we will catch you next week. Thanks again, brother. Thanks, man. 